thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about another hot topic, and I want to talk to you about biblical standards for sexuality. We're going to talk about that tonight, and uh, some of us might laugh a little bit or get a little giddy, but we're all mature young adults, amen, in here. And I'm I'm not dumb. Y'all hear more than what we're going to talk about tonight in the hallways at your school. So you need to hear about right sex at church the right way. Amen in here. So in order for us to talk about biblical standards, we, we all, we, about, about sexuality, we all have to agree to this next statement. So throw the statement up there for me, if you will, Samuel. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, absolute truth exists. That one, if you could throw that up there for me. Perfect. Awesome. So when I count to three, I believe everybody here can read. If not, have your neighbor help you. But let's all say this together uh, as, a, as a community of young people. And let's say this together. I'll count to three and we'll all go together. Y'all ready? One, two, three, go. y'all said that good I think Trinity can say it louder than anybody in the whole room though let's all say together one more time one two three go dang Tate are you gonna be a preacher or something you said that super loud let's all say one more time as loud as we can y'all ready one two three go y'all give yourself a round of applause that was pretty good Okay, second Timothy. So before we approach this subject, we have to approach the subject with the Bible has all the answers. Not culture, not CNN, not Fox, not your schools. The Bible has all the answers. Look at your neighbor and say, yep. So 2 Timothy chapter 3.16 says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for training in righteousness. So last week I taught you that the word of God is our filter, that the word of God filters our belief about everything about life, drunkenness, same-sex, marriage, abortion, Israel, pornography, things that appear evil. What does the Bible say about what we believe? Because if you feel a certain way, I have to encourage you tonight to know your feelings could be broken. You may feel something is right. Even the Bible said that sometimes in life we think something is right, but the end thereof is the way of death. So we have to make sure that we're measuring our feelings based off the word of God. Last week we talk about, talked about gender confusion, and this week I want to tackle the subject of biblical sex. Now there's three myths about sex we have to overcome to understand what the Bible says. Here, here's three of them. Number one, we have to overcome the myth that sex is dirty. Y'all are looking at me. I can't believe we're talking about this tonight. <laughs> Number two, we have to come to overcome the myth that sex is unholy. It's only dirty and it's only unholy when you do it against the way God said to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, okay, okay. I, I, okay. I grew up in church and they told us all the time, sex is bad, sex is dirty. It's, you don't want it, it's bad. And then I got married and realized that's not true. But when you ain't married, it's dirty and unholy. I'm going to get parents call me tomorrow. Okay. Here's the third unbiblical myth about sex. Any sex that you desire is okay as long as you're not hurting anybody. That's your generation. 
Your generation believes that all sex is permissible unless you're not hurting anybody. But young person, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I'm a Christian. Therefore, I believe that myth is a lie. So I'm going to give you three things about sex before we break into life groups in 45 minutes to four hours, okay? Three, three things about sex. You, you got to know. Number one, sex is God's gift. God gave us sex. Y'all, all y'all are like cheesing in here. It's so funny. I, I feel like making a reel of your facial expressions right now. Sex is God's gift for us for two reasons. Ever say two reasons. There are two reasons that God gave us sex. Are y'all ready? Is she okay? Are you okay? Are you sure? You want to go talk to somebody? Are you sure? Okay. I would say two reasons. Look at your neighbor and say two reasons. The first reason God gave us sex was for procreation. That's how you got here. That's how you got here. The Bible said in Genesis 1, God blessed them, biological man, a biological woman. They were husband and wife. Y'all know how that works. The first couple in scripture was a man and a woman biologically. And he said to them, be fruitful, increase in number and fill the earth. So the first reason God gave us sex for the gift was to procreate. The second reason was for fun and pleasure. We won't stay too long on that tonight. Because y'all ain't married. Well, some of us are, but some of you ain't. Genesis 2.24 said, that is why a biological man leaves his mommy and his daddy and is united to his biological wife, a biological woman, and they become one flesh. So there is for procreation and pleasure. Sex is God's gift to us. Number two, the gift of sex has a standard. So God gave us this gift. It's an honorable gift. But this gift, everyone say, has a standard. So there's only one standard that God gave us for godly sex. Does anybody know what it is? Anybody? Bueller, anyone? Somebody said it over here. I think it was Courtney Pena. I don't want to bust her out. I think she said it. Marriage. Well, we live in a day and age where anybody can get married. You can marry an animal if you want to. I saw that in a report the other day. Somebody's trying to marry their dog. Don't understand that, but whatever. Men can marry men and women can marry men or women. But, but the biblical standard for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6, where it says, so they, a man and a woman, are no longer two, but they are one flesh. Therefore, what God has created, let no man tear apart. Who created marriage? Who created marriage? Come on and talk to me in here. Who created marriage? Did CNN create it? Who created it? Who created who, it? You know what Taylor Swift would you know what Taylor Swift would say to you right now if we were saying this right now? She would say, You need to calm down. Don't step on my gown. You're being too loud. Christians, you need to be quiet about marriage. But who created marriage? Who created the institute of marriage? What's the standard of marriage that was created for man and women only is who? Not man on man, woman on woman, but woman and man only, right? Come on, talk to me in here. Say we hear you, preacher. You're preaching good tonight. So God's standard for, for sexual relations is only between a biological man and a biological woman in marriage only. Now, Hebrews 13, 4 tells us marriage should be honored by everybody, worldly and unworldly. He's everybody's everybody. And the marriage bed should be kept pure. Everybody say pure. pure. Look at your neighbor say pure hearts. Pure hearts. 
and a pure mind. For God will judge. Y'all see the scripture up here? Who's God going to judge? Talk to me tonight. Come on, finish this in. Okay, come on, y'all talk to me. Read the rest of the scripture. Who's God going to judge? Now, what in the world does adulterer mean? That's kind of a foreign word. Like a what? A cheater. Okay, like a cheater. That, that's a good definition. An adulterer is when a married man steps out on his wife and cheats on her. So God calls that immoral. Go, go back to that. Oh, look, man, who, good job, Berto. Or Samuel. Thank you, Samuel. Everybody give Samuel a big round of applause. So he said, God, God's going to judge the adulterer. What's adultery? It's any sex with someone other than your spouse while you're married. He said, God's going to judge the adulterer and the sexual immoral. What's sexual immorality? Let's throw it up there, Samuel. Thank you, buddy. Any sex at all with anyone outside the confines of a husband and a wife only. So let's break this down. What's sexual purity? It's sexual purity is abstaining from any type of sexual relations until you're married in a holy marriage between a man and a woman only. That's God's definition. Now, we ain't going to hate on people that come to church that aren't abiding by this, are we? But you can't redefine what Scripture says and say you follow Jesus. Now, you can try to refine it, but you ain't going to heaven. God gave us the gift. It has a standard. And number three, Satan perverted it. God gave us a gift. The gift has a standard, but Satan perverted it. Let's all say that together. Satan has perverted the gift of sex. Say it one more time. Say Satan has perverted the gift of sex. Now, 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 now I've heard people say before, that person over there, they're a pervert. And I said, what's that mean to you? I don't know. Means they're, they're gross. The word pervert means to alter something from what it was created to do. So God gave us sex with the confines or a standard of just marriage. Satan comes in and he changes it and alters it from what it was supposed to do. How does he alter sex? Pornography. Sex before marriage. Amen. Multiple partners before marriage. Come on. Self-sex. Come on in here. Let me take a little bit, let me take a little further. Entertaining ourselves with movies. Where two people who aren't married, or they may be married supposedly, and are having sex on a screen. Listening to music. Come on, Nicki Minaj. Cardi B. Whatever perversion you put in your ears, whatever's been altered from the, the standard of sex, come on. If it's altered from what God called it to be, you shouldn't partake in it. Whether it's in a movie, whether it's in a YouTube video, whether it's what you're scrolling on TikTok or, or, or Instagram, if, if it's against what you say you follow, you should not part. Because to permit it, to participate in it is to permit it. Well, pastor, I didn't actually engage in the sex. Well, Jesus said, I just did this on Instagram. Hopefully you watched before church. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to desire her sexually, you've committed 
adulterous sin in your heart. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. For it would be better for you to go through life without than to enter hell with it. Say, does God call us to gouge out our eyes? No, what he's saying is, whatever's causing you to sin sexually, cut it out of your life. If your phone or your laptop or your iPad is causing you to be in sexual sin, guys, go to your parents and say, I can't, I can't have this. Come on. If it's a club you belong to where those people are promiscuous, cut yourself out of the club. If that circle of friends is causing you to sin, cut yourself away from them. It's better for you to go through this life without them than enter hell with them. Satan perverted it. Well, let's look at the filter of scripture. Leviticus 18 and 20 says this. A man should not have sex with a man. A woman should not have sex with a woman. A man should not dress up like a woman, for that is detestable unto God. That's not on the notes. It's okay. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, let's look at the filter. Don't be deceived. Deceived means don't be tricked. Because see, Satan wants to trick us. You can do it just a little bit. You know, as long as you're not having full sex, you, you, can, you can make out and pet and get all excited. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor the idolaters. An idolater is somebody who says, my way over God's way. That's idolatry. Nor the idolater, nor men who have sex with men will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's the Bible, right? So we can't then say, well, I think homosexuality is okay. I think sex before marriage is okay. Because what we're guilty of then at that point is idolatry. We're saying our way is right, God's way is wrong. We're giving God the middle finger when we do that. That's really what we do. Galatians 5 says this, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, I took some things out for the sake of time, but watch this. The acts of the, of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Somebody said, what's debauchery? I don't know. Let's look it up here. The word debauchery is excessive indulgence and sexual pleasure and excessive wantingness. You're just always wanting it. You're always, you're just led by it. That's the work of the flesh. Orgies, that's, that's an awkward word to talk about with young people. I should ask you to ask your parents probably when you go home. That's good. Okay. That means, that means multiple people at the same time. Uh-huh. And the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we're watching it on TV, guess what? You're cutting yourself out of the kingdom of God. If you're allowing the coarse joking and the talk about it at school and you're too ashamed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to your friends who are going to hell, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Is that the Bible? Some of you got eyes this big. What? That's in the Bible. Y'all thought reading the Bible was boring. It's right there. Ephesians 5. I'm for sure going to get a call tomorrow. Ephesians 5.5. For this you know that no fornicator, what's a fornicator? A fornicator is anybody who has sex, they're not married. Could be homosexual sex, heterosexual sex, fornication, unclean, unclean person. They don't have any inheritance in the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Now, our generation is kind of being bullied 
by the, the, the LGBTQIA plus group. Can I talk to y'all for a second? Good. I was watching Taylor Swift's video today because you know, she's an icon in our culture. I mean, she's, she put Travis Kelsey on the map and everything. Just kidding. But she kind of she like made him a lot of money in the last month. I'm just saying, 400% in jersey sales in like a day or two, my goodness. Taylor Swift made that video, made that song, you need to calm down, you're, you're being too loud. It's really about Christians who protest the LGBTQ stance. She's literally mocking Christians in the video. It makes us look like illiterate hillbillies that can't even spell signs. I don't know if y'all have seen it. I don't suggest you see it because it's pretty gross. And this is the idea in our culture that we're idiots, we're stupid, we're bigots, and we need to just shut up and sit down and we're narrow-minded and antiquated. But Jesus said narrow is the way that gets to heaven. And broad is the way that gets to hell. Many are there will be that find it. But few there be that get to heaven. Romans chapter 1 really breaks down God's heartbeat on the gay community because it's trying to pervert the way that God has designed for us. And I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to hear Paul as he's writing about the, the, the indulgence of sexuality in the Greek culture in Rome. He says throughout human history, because y- y'all, y'all know, l- let me back up. Y'all know that wrestling originated in Greece and they did it naked, men? Yeah, Greek wrestling started in Greece and it was disgusting. So Paul's coming to this culture that's perverted, nasty, and dirty. He stands up and he says, throughout human history, the fingerprints of God have been upon humanity. God's hand has been upon humanity. Y'all can't believe what I just said. You should Google it. No, no, don't Google it. Actually, don't Google that. My God, do not Google that. Jesus, help me. Sorry, y'all don't Google. Do not Google that. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you Google that, you're grounded and I'm coming for you. Okay. So, so throughout human history, the hand of God has been on humanity, right? All of us have experienced at some point God's hand being on us. Now, now, now for those people who don't know God and have never came in contact with God, for them, God is going to have mercy on them because nobody's yet told them. Okay? But when, when, when the door opens and people receive God and God's hand comes on them, Look what the scripture says, Paul. Yet they refuse to honor God or even be thankful for his kindness. Could church people sit up in church and still not honor God? Yes, they do every Sunday. They're doing it tonight. Come on in here. Instead, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts that were earthly about what God was like. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. When we don't honor God for what he's created us to be, we are literally dishonoring God and our heart goes deeper into dark ways. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow. This is what the Bible calls them, fools. For only a fool would trade the unsplendid glory of an immortal God to worship the fading image 
of other humans. Pastor, how do we worship humans? When we put humans' ways above God, we're worshiping them. When you're more afraid to stand up to your friends at school, you're worshiping your friends over God. Come on in here. Y'all are quiet. I don't know. I don't know. When you can't worship God in a church service because you're so scared, you're worshiping the creation over the creator. Well, pastor, I believe I'm pro-Palestine. You're worshiping the people over the creator because God is pro-Israel. From Genesis to Revelation, it's about the, it's about the nation of Israel. Come on in here. He is the God of Israel. I'm going to talk about all that on Sunday, by the way. Worshiping humans, worshiping idols made to look like people, animals, birds, and even creepy reptiles. This is why God, this is really important. Listen to this real quick. We're almost done. I got like three more hours. This is why God lifted off. This is scary, y'all. Listen, because they chased after immorality. They chased after perversion all throughout history. This is why God lifted his hand off of them. Now, I don't know at what point that happens. I don't want to find out. You can get to a place of impurity in your heart where God's hand completely lifts off of you. When is that, pastor? I don't know, but I sure don't want to find out. Repent quickly, y'all. Ask for forgiveness fast. Throw yourself at the mercy of God. Ask for he is a loving God, yes, but the Bible also says he is full of wrath and justice. They were given over. This is what your Bible said. Let them have full expression of the... Oh, so God lift his hands off of them and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. God will. He will not chase you always. Now, he's always chasing after you. But at one point, when you decide in your heart you're going to walk away from God and do your own thing, God's going to say, hey, I'm here. I want you. I'm going to be right here, prodigal son and the father. I'm going to be right here. When you're done in your sin, you're done in your mess, I'll always be right here. Come on. He lifts his hand off of them so they can have full expression of their sin and shameful death. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their, that means immorality, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversions among themselves, all because they traded the truth of God's word for a lie. They worshiped and served the things God made rather than the God who made all things. Glory and praise to him forever and ever. Next verse. For this reason, God gave them over. Look at this, y'all. God gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions, inflamed with the lust for one another. Men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct and men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their divination. The word divination there means to manipulate God. You, You can't manipulate God. But you can manipulate a thought to say this is right what God calls wrong. So all of this is to say this. God is saying throughout the history of humanity, they have perverted what I've called truth. So I've had to lift my hand off of them so they can chase what they really want because they don't want me. Sex is a gift from God. Come on in here. There is a standard for it. And Satan has perverted it. What we have to do as his children is we have to contend for that worldview that comes from the word of God. 
if all your generation does it, you don't do it. If everybody at school is talking about it, you dismiss yourself from the conversation. You're called to be different. You're called to be holy. You're called to be set apart unto God. You're not called to be rolling around dirty, riding dirty, listening to foul music, watching foul shows, acting foul with your friends. You say no to Budweiser. Come on in here. You say no to partying. You say... That's why it's important for us guys. We got to get stronger together. We got to be accountable together. Now, now, pastor, are you saying that God doesn't accept uh, uh, people who are struggling sexually? I never said that. He accepted all of us, praise God. You say, what are you talking about? We've all struggled with it at one point. If you haven't, just wait a little while, you will. We've all struggled with it some way, somehow. And God is merciful. He's faithful. It's not about living in it. It's about saying, Lord, I need help from it. It's purity of heart, not perfection in your, in your lifestyle. None of us can be perfect, but God desires our heart to be pure sexually. Come on. Here's the scary thing. Do you know that dating is young people? When you date person after person after person after person, you're really setting yourself up to practice the art of divorce? Yeah, you've had 100 boyfriends. You've kissed 100 guys. What do you have left at the altar to give your husband? Come on in here. I regret every girl that I kissed outside of my wife. I regret every girl that I dated outside of my wife. Come on. And the enemy wants to pervert your thought process. Well, I need somebody to complete me. I don't want to be alone. Honey, you need to find yourself whole in Jesus. No man should have the ability to complete you. No woman should have the ability to complete you. You ought to be whole in Jesus. So what do we do, pastor? I messed up. I've sinned. I haven't, been, I haven't been holy my whole life. Well, the good news is you're in a church filled with unholy people that have messed up a whole lot of unholy history. And if you knew all of our stories, we would be embarrassed if you knew all of our stories. And, and some, of us, some of us in the room, we look at Brother Quincy, we look at Mikey, we look at Brother Duran, my wife, Pina, and think, oh, they've just been saved holy all their lives. No, I'm this passionate because it broke my life. Amen. This stuff broke my life. Yeah. I'd have years of therapy and counseling to get free from it. Yeah. And I don't want you to be bound to it because you're listening to the lie of the enemy. Because yeah. you can be free. Yeah. Yeah. I said you can be free. Yeah. The greatest problem that sexual sin brings is shame and condemnation. When shame gets up on you, you can't praise at the altar because you don't feel good enough to. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to read your Bible. See, it's a trick of the enemy to get you away from your purpose in God. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be good, good, good. You're never going to be good in your own merit, y'all. It's purity of heart. Not perfection in your life. You'll never get it. God desires our hearts pure. He desires us to be pure and not holy. And not perfect. He wants us holy, but we can't be perfect. 
See, God's standard of holy is not your, we, we ain't God. You ain't God. I'm not God. Your neighbor, good as they may look, they ain't God. My wife, as gorgeous as she is, she ain't nowhere like God's holiness. And ask her, she lives with me, I'm nowhere close. She's more holy than me. And a lot nicer. So what I'm going to do tonight, we're going to break up and break out groups here in a second. But I want you all to just stand to your feet with me. We're going to pray first. Because I hate what shame does to y'all. Shame wins a lot of the time in your life. Because it's because of shame you won't even ask people to come to church because you're embarrassed how you live at school. You don't serve God at school, but you want to. You desire to. And so you're like, I can't invite y'all to church with me because you know how I live here. You'll come to church and see the real me, and you're going to be like, what? wait a minute, I'm confused. Let's sell out to Jesus for real. I'm not talking about a retreat sellout where you sell to retreat and come home the same. I'm talking about really sell out to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's really live for God. Let's be sold out. I feel really short right now. <laughs> Everybody on this front row is, is taller than me. Even, even Johnny over here is taller than me right now. I think, this, I think the concrete's like this. I don't know. I just feel really short. We all struggle with sexuality. Everybody does. Not you, Pastor. What, you, what, you, what are you talking about? We all struggle with sexuality. We all struggle with the desire to do what we don't want to do. And we struggle with the desire to do what we, and vice versa. We want to, we don't. We do want to, we don't do it. We all struggle with it. But if you can allow the Holy Spirit to help you keep your heart pure, it's the most important thing. Amen? Just bow your heads for just a minute and say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I got a lot of stuff that I need to bring to you tonight. But I want you to know I accept by faith that you accept me and that you forgive me. And tonight, I ask you to create in me supernaturally a pure heart in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay. The two things that will keep you in impurity, yourself and your friends. Two things that will keep you into purity, yourself and your friends. Who are you running with at school? Do they even know you're a Christian? I dare you tomorrow, take your Bible and open it up in the lunchroom and just start reading it. What? Yeah. Well, I can't take my Bible to school. Yes, you can. That's a lie. And if they tell you can't, come tell me. I'll go right to your school and let them know what the, let them know what the Constitution says. You take your Bible to school and read it right there in your lunchroom. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Your friends are like, what are you reading? I'm reading about Jesus. I'm reading about Jesus. You want to read with me? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. They may not say that to you. They may pick up tomatoes and throw them at you. You're going to serve God or man? Who's your idol? Jesus or Taylor? Come on. Kelsey or Jesus? Who's your idol? Jesus is my idol. That's who I worship. 
Let's worship him together, amen?